Hi Anushka, uh, thank you for coming here on Design Podcast. This is such a pleasure of mine to have you here, host you here. From your social media, I understand that uh, you are a communication designer from Pearl Institute of Design. And after that, you did so many things. You went as a freelancer, then you have a day job also. Now you work as a UX, UX designer at uh, Ultraviolet, which is like an automotive company. Uh, part-time, you are also doing your illustrations. You are an you are an NFT artist. And also recently, you got featured in magazines like Gracia and Vogue. So <laughs> that's like too many things. Don't you think you are doing enough with your life? <laughs> I feel like I actually genuinely feel the opposite. I feel like it's never enough. Every day, like 24 hours are less because there's so much more I want to do and keep, you know, diversifying just anything and everything I can create it, whether it's an art or design or food, anything. Right. Yeah. Also, your Behance profile tells me that you are too much into food and many of your projects are revolved around food industry. So, very exciting things. And uh, one unique thing about this podcast and you as a designer, बहुत सारे डिजाइनर्स बहुत मेनस्ट्रीम काम करते हैं जो भी उनका डिसिप्लिन होगा या जो भी उनकी फील्ड होगी सो दे वर्क इन दैट सेक्टर और फिर उनकी एक्सपर्टीज या उनका जो भी अचीवमेंट है वो उसी एरिया में डेवलप होते जाता है वेर एज विथ यू यू आर यू आर डूइंग सो मेनी थिंग्स एंड यू आर ऑल्सो यू नो इन्वॉल्व विथ वेब थ्री सो दिस गिवस मी एन अपॉर्चुनिटी टू यू नो लर्न सो मच अबाउट ऑल दैट एस्पेक्ट एंड विच इज गॉन ब्रिंग अ वेरी यूनिक वैल्यू टू द ऑडियंस ओवर ईयर So welcome again. I'm very excited for this podcast. Thank you for having me. This is my first podcast ever. Really? Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm very happy to hear that. Tell me something that uh, you do so many things. How do you manage your time? Like how do you find time for everything? Uh so I think since I was a child, I my parents just put me in so many different things, right? Like whether it was sports or uh, you know, even art classes and and obviously the regular tuitions and all the thali but i have been a sports person since i was like 6 7 years old i played volleyball oh, okay. badminton basketball table tennis athletics wow. yeah and competition level as well and apart from that i used to go for art classes so i feel like my mom just always wanted to keep me busy throughout the day <laughs> so i don't have any idle time so something or the other used to keep happening okay and i feel like i growing up became just this person who was a little above average at everything like mm-hmm. i wasn't brilliant at one particular thing whether it was sports or studies or anything i think i was good but probably not the number one mm-hmm. so what that made me realize is that it's okay i don't need to be master of one i can be jack of all trades mm-hmm. as long as all of those trades are something i really enjoy doing correct so, correct uh, i just started like even after college Uh, my interest in whatever I'm doing right now just mm-hmm. grew even more after college because before that I was just probably doing things time pass hati and uh, right then what happened is that I got into a field that I thought was perfect for me and I realized oh I'm actually good at this and then from that I think the passion just you know kept on building and nothing could just make me stop at a point I always had to push boundaries for everything. Wow. So, uh, when was that? Like, when you chose creativity as your career path? Like, <laughs> believe it or not, it wasn't me who chose it. Really? Okay. My mom chose that for me. <laughs> okay. Very, very surprising for an Indian parent. 
but mm-hmm. i think uh, she was a creative person herself she worked oh. in the advertising field for like a year or so when she was younger okay. and she just never took that ahead but she wanted me to take that ahead so uh, i was okay with doing anything i just knew that i don't want to do like studying studying so mm-hmm. she told me i want to do become a designer i had a mama also who was a designer so she's like okay you do this one so i did okay. technical drawing i i um, studied for entrance exams for like architecture and product design mm-hmm. but my portfolio was mainly for communication and graphic design so oh. i did not i prepared but i did not give the exam for nata i did not get through nid i know you're from nid <laughs> but uh, i missed out by like one mark and i was going to apply there for product design okay. so um, that that also didn't work out because then i kind of just took up communication design because someone told me that oh your work is really like interesting for communication design and i was like what is that i have no idea what <laughs> so they are like oh you see all the graphics and all on posters and movies and everything illustrations you can do that and you can work from a beach also so i was like wait what i what? can work because all <laughs> wow. i need is a laptop okay so i was like okay sold i'm going to do this for the rest of my life <laughs> who was that person such a wise <laughs> advice <laughs> it was someone from mit actually because during this Thing I got some award for portfolio at MIT. Uh, some guy had come to give that award, and he saw my portfolio and he's like, "You are perfect for communication design." Wow. Okay. And this is at such a young age. You know, as in, I want to address couple of things here. Uh, first of all, you said that uh, I am from NID and you didn't go through NID. And last podcast also, I was discussing this with uh, Sushant. Sushant Vohra. Shout out to him. Yeah. Uh, amazing guy. Amazing product designer. So yeah. uh, he was also like we were discussing the same thing that college. doesn't really define you as a designer your work does right yeah. so even if you don't get into like that particular dream college of yours it doesn't going to define you as a designer in future so that's that's the best thing to learn from here for the audience aspiring students whoever is listening Absolutely. to this podcast i think adding to that also whether you are from like nid or any other design college you could even be from an ivy league but it doesn't matter if you yourself don't have the drive to do something Correct. that stamp on you is not going to matter right yeah so that is very important to learn from here and uh, the second thing second thing is that uh, i have done engineering first and that engineering was nothing but exploring what i want to do <laughs> because i didn't know many things like i come from a very small town where i only knew two career paths medical mm-hmm. or engineering i hated biology so i ended up choosing engineering and then uh, in engineering i explored everything like i came to pune i got exposed to so many career choices and everything and later in my life i decided fine design is something i want to do uh, what is super surprising in your case is that in 12th standard only till 12th standard you had a clarity that you wanted to do design second thing not just design somebody also told you to take take communication design so you know you went into the next level of niche <laughs> that yeah. picking a niche for yourself so that is very incredible so tell me something uh, what were those things slash projects slash works which created that foundation for communication design before going to design actually got it so um, i don't know if you know the silica circle there's one coaching center so i had gone enrolled there for preparing for nid so they had like a lot of interesting um tasks that had to be done every week right okay, this is the brief and you have to draw this or like problem solve it in this way so that used to be like a very interesting activity for me every week because i used to look forward to it and the person who was teaching us at that point was also from nid 
uh, her name was Aditi. So she she right now is a very famous origami artist. She's been doing like a lot of really cool origami sculptures. But like her personality and the way she taught us, she really like pushed us to just be creative in any form possible. And I think for me, um, I was good at drawing. Again, like I said, not the best because I knew a lot of people better than me. But I was good enough at drawing. Even in school, school chidraya diagrams and all, you know, I used to make it for some of my friends. And I get an elementary intermediate exam also, which I was like good grades. So art was something I was always interested in. So every time someone would tell me to like think of something, I would end up drawing something to explain myself. So that way, um, that's what set the foundation for, okay, when I'm making my portfolio, I would look at references of other artworks that I would like and I would try to copy it, try to add my own element of style for that. And yeah, like I would draw continuously. Uh, you mentioned Salika. So, you know, there are uh, many students who messages me and they say that uh, they are in their 10th standard or something like that and they want to pursue design as a career. And they ask me that uh, whether they should join a class or whether sh- they should, you know, prepare on their own. I think back then, like during my time, I went to NID in 2011. Okay. So back then the awareness was little less. Uh, Maybe the competition was also less. So that time, very few of us used to, you know, go to the class and, you know, formally prepare for everything. Tell me something in today's time, uh, does it make sense to join such coaching classes or it's it's not worth it? What is your opinion? I would say um, that if you look at IIT, look at UPSC they all go for classes right I mean the study material is something that is available regardless but you go for classes so that you get some guidance to be able to crack an exam that you want to really crack so I think the approach is the same just because design is something that you know if you put your mind to it and everyone can do it doesn't mean that a little bit of guidance is harmful I think if uh, there's also a little bit of accessibility that comes into picture because design is expensive as a career as uh, you know design colleges are very expensive and so are these like preparing for exam centers right so they're all a little expensive Um, if you have the means for it i think it's always it's it's definitely a good guidance is it a short short way to get into where you want to be i don't believe that because again it comes down to each individual how they want to go about it because i know people who are designers right now with no formal education in design not everyone is good, but the ones who really have the drive, you won't make out that they are not from a design school because they themselves have pushed themselves to an extent that, no, I've got to do this and I will learn anyhow. Very well articulated. I completely agree with that. I think uh, the core foundation of your journey should be the drive. Yes. Uh, the, it should be there regardless of whether you go to the class or not. And definitely class and that, you know, ready-made materials, it's going to make it a little easier for you, right? Uh, so... Example when, would be... I went to classes to prepare for NID. I mm-hmm. got the guidance for it, but I didn't get through NID. So, but, but yeah. what it helped me, what it helped me decide is, is this what I want to continue doing? And I thought, mm-hmm. yes, I maybe if this path did not work out, I'll go to some other college, but this is still what I want to do. Correct. I have also gone to some of these institutes for guest lectures and all. So I know what happens in these institutes like Silica, BRDS, and there might be a couple of others. So definitely you will get some kind of a spoon feeding to uh, what exactly is going to happen in your final exam mm-hmm. so it's definitely going to help uh, and they they are definitely expensive so it's up to you if you want to join them or not but i think the drive should be there if you can afford the classes go for it otherwise i think 
now on youtube also if you are curious yeah. enough there's hell lot of material available exactly. right yeah. so you can actually now youtube has become like a university only like everybody is yeah. learning from youtube so that drive should be there very nicely articulated and i am happy that uh, we could address this question so you went to pearl academy uh, so tell me something how was the experience at pearl and uh, which were those pivotal projects slash moments which you know carved a path for your future journey yeah i think after nid i did not get to nid then i applied to mit uh-huh. and it's so ironic that the person who told me i should do communication design he gave me an award for my portfolio he was from mit uh-huh. but i was waitlisted at mit and i did not get so because their cap for the year was done okay. so i was like this is ridiculous where do i go next the <laughs> other option was shishti but uh, i wasn't at that point keen on going to shishti in bangalore Uh, so there was Paul Academy, which was very close to my house in Bombay, wow. and uh, I did like it was a fairly new college because like the college was there for twenty plus years in Delhi and Jaipur and all, but in Bombay it was like the second year when I was going to join it. Okay. So I think that was also a risk that my parents only took for me because they were like, I don't want you to skip out on a year. So this seems like a really good college, so go for it. And uh, I would say at least in my time, I have no idea how the college is right now, how the people are, because I'm a little out of touch from at least the people, because it's been more than three years mm. since I passed out. But when I was at Pearl, it was amazing, and again, like different people have different experiences. Like fashion people had a different experience, product designers had a different experience. But for me, I think my biggest, um, like what I'm really grateful for was the people I got in my class. Uh, like all thirty of us for four years, I think. that was what made all worth it because we were so close at the class and for everything we were all very curious we were all like you know putting in our 100% to do whatever was asked of us and doing it on so i think all um, if i have to just encapsulate it it was the people for me and not just like my class people but even the faculty that we had they were just really really nice they became like very good friends with us by the end of it and wow. another thing would be like the curriculum at all was genuinely like unlike the other colleges because uh, we did not have a permanent faculty teaching us a certain thing so every year we had certain modules and industry professionals would come and teach us those modules so it wasn't like in a week we have three different things happening for three months we were only focusing on one thing so so we had photography for three months then we had typography for two months we had branding for two months very cool so okay. it gave like a really good in depth uh, you know process or uh, to explore all of these things and the people mm-hmm. who came and taught us this were industry professionals so they were coming in with like the latest uh, thing happening in the industry so that was mm-hmm. very very cool but i'm coming to your next question about some uh, pivotal projects that i did in college right yeah. um so obviously we are college students not very exposed to what is actually happening in the industry apart from what college is telling us ki okay this is happening that is happening so uh, i don't know but curious Uh, curious of course i know yeah yeah so uh, curious had come to college to tell us that okay this competition is happening sorry for the students who are not aware of curious yeah. can you just explain like can you just give little uh, bit information of curious yeah. design awards so so curious design awards is like uh, one of the biggest awards that happen in india for uh, students as well as professionals and they also have uh, a yearly conference that happens in usually goa called design yatra where speakers from all over the world come and give uh, you know talks and we can interact with them etc 
so at that point in college we had no idea about this which is why the college telling us that okay there is something like this that exists and curious had come to college telling us ki okay apply for these awards it's happening we have reads and everything so that was when i got introduced to curious the first time and uh, i participated in the competition uh, me and my friend we did a project for a nestle brief which which got me an award so that was like the starting point of my career actually because without that milestone happening so early on in my career i don't know how much i would have achieved already because that kind of set the pace for oh this feels really good i did something and i got rewarded for it so i want to keep doing this i want to keep pushing myself so this project happened while college was going on um so apart from doing college work we were taking our time in the day to work on this project as well so yeah that was that was really fun so that curious young blood award i still have my trophy at home so yeah that was one of my most precious awards <laughs> definitely actually everybody should check anushka's behance profile uh, she has some amazing you know work over there and uh, what i really liked is that uh, this explains the importance of you know entering into these competition first of all you are uh, you know pushing your comfort zone you are not doing what everybody in the class is doing you are doing something extra you know which is going to give you edge in the long run and other than that uh, it's going to give you a validation like you, if you end up winning that award or at least being there as finalist or something like that it's going to give you a drive which is going to you know take you to different places and there you can get a platform where you can see analyze your own work you can compare it compare it with other competition you know yeah in fact the thing is um, as a student is the best time to apply for awards because i think when you get into the professional uh, level right and that mm-hmm. time you are applying for awards there are some biases that come into the picture from the industry side only because right. usually they give more preference to like agencies or like designers who have already won a lot of things mm-hmm. and you know, there's also like paid stuff like you mm-hmm. pay to enter into a competition to be able to win it so right. i feel like all of that later on becomes a little more uh, complicated but as a student most of the awards that are there for students whether it's curious or dnad one club for creativity so all of these awards are very unbiased because that is done purely on the work that you have put out and right. the jury will see how much work has gone into it and right. apart from the validation even if you don't win an award i think working on a project like that is extremely like um, rewarding in your career growth because you are tackling a project by yourself which later on when you become a professional you will be doing on a daily basis right, so this yeah. kind of becomes a precursor to that and even mm-hmm. if you don't win an award it gives you enough feedback to make it better the next time mm-hmm. so yeah as a student i think participating in awards is the best thing ever later on it's like up to people whether they like going in awards or no but yeah students definitely should awesome that is that is a very important point which we have discussed <laughs> after fall uh, i saw your final project which was around food it was called junkie if i am not wrong right yeah. so uh, tell us more about that because there is something very unique about it and something to learn from it yeah so um, again in fall we did not have so we had an internship period but that was done in our third year our fourth year graduation project was left up to us whatever you want to do because they said that this is the last time you will get to do something just for yourself for this long a period of time because once you start jobs you will be working on different projects for different clients and you know doing personal work might get difficult so 6 months just 
do whatever you want make sure you use all the skills you have learned over four years and wow. utilize that so yeah out of those six months i think the first three months was just research for me and i had no idea what to do because again like there was so many things on my mind i had just three or four notebooks filled with just ideas of what i could do but okay. i was like this is still not clicking it's still not clicking this is what i want my final project to be and again even at that point i had it in my mind that i want to win an award for this project like i don't care my wow. my motivation was i need an award for this what okay. can i do that will get me an award so that was like i backtracked from that and um, yeah like talking about food i have been a fitness enthusiast for 8 plus years now and oh. at that point i think i was also at my fittest so i was very much inclined towards you know bridging the gap between what people know about fitness and health versus mm. uh, art and design so like how do i combine both of them in a more uh, cohesive manner that will be interesting for even someone who's not really into fitness and all can still enjoy very so, interesting um yeah like i started research with dna with human evolution with like so many different things and for 3 4 months it was just not happening because there was a point where so every month we used to have a jury and mm-hmm. uh, we had to show updates on what we've done after the fourth month i just stopped having updates because i had no <laughs> idea what to do i kind of also went into like a creative block so again at that point i took some time off my grad project and i participated in the dadd awards oh okay. uh, so i was like okay i need something to take my mind off of it so i mm-hmm. did that project came and while i was doing that project an idea struck my mind and i came back to this and applied it for my graduation project wow. so the whole idea with the grad project junkie was people see drugs and alcoholism as like negative addictions right mm-hmm. um, and it's always shown in a certain way and it just looks this negative vibes around drugs and alcohol so what i was looking at is when someone is addicted to food it has the same impact on your brain because addiction is addiction what you are addicted to your brain cannot actually make the difference between them it's just addicted to something mm. so the whole idea of that project was what if i show the addiction of food in a negative light so that people understand that food addiction is also not the most positive thing because it can cause like so many different problems going ahead so mm. the whole experience i wanted to make it like um, an exhibition experience i thought okay since my major is graphic design i am expected to like make a book or something or like do a branding project but i did not want to do that i thought ki you know, i just want people to experience whatever i'm doing so i combined all of my skills because we had an experience design module we had graphic design module we had photography we had like uh, some ui ux module as well so i thought let's just combine everything and make something wow. so i made like i i got a room in college i set it up in like pink and purple lights um i set up a table uh, the inspiration for this came from alice in wonderland's mad hatter tea party mm-hmm. uh, okay. so i set up a table with like plates and food and a cake and all of these things had like illustrations on it and the illustrations were made to look in such a way that you know people are eating food but it looks disgusting like your you know mukbang videos so the same feeling you get when you look at people who are overdosing on drugs mm-hmm. so i try to replicate that for people eating with food and i added a layer of uh, augmented reality also on it where when you try to scan the illustration with your camera it starts moving and it gives you a message so stuff like um, are you really hungry or are you just bored oh no room to breathe but room for dessert um, <laughs> addicted 
to something. So all of these messaging uh, stuff was there. And there were like little, little elements throughout the room to make you feel like, oh, there's food on the table, but I don't feel like eating it because of the way it's presented. Mm-hmm. Correct. So yeah, that was a very interesting project I did, which got me like some four different awards. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so your main goal was achieved. <laughs> yes, which Which were those awards? Uh, one, I got my Paul Academy Award for like one of the best projects. I got a NASCOM Award, uh, Taiwan okay. International Design Finalist Award. Awesome. And uh, there was one more I can't remember now. <laughs> <laughs> you can't remember the award which you won. Yeah. So that shows yeah. how many awards. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the last wow. one. <laughs> okay, awesome. Awesome, Anushka. Uh, so tell me, when you completed all your education at Pearl, uh, how did your professional journey start? Like, which was your first project as a professional designer? I think my professional journey started before I graduated. Really? Because, yeah, I started freelancing since first year of college itself. Like. Um, first year towards the end, right, like during summer vacation time, I wanted some pocket money, like extra pocket money. I started like doing photography. I was also doing logo projects and stuff like that. And it was like, it just started as a small thing because I used to post my illustrations on Instagram even before college. So uh, someone reached out to me to make a logo and then that person gave my contact to someone else or something else. So that's how the network started forming. And I constantly had something or the other to design for. Uh, I was doing photography on the side for like a couple of friends who were fashion bloggers at that time. So my professional journey actually started in first year of college. And I think year on year, the clients kept getting better. Because like it went from being a one-off person who just wants to start a home brand to like companies like Tata and Denso. Wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously I did the awards. So after getting the award, I got even more contact for getting work. So again, for students, if you do awards and you win an award, that also adds an accolade to your portfolio, which means you'll get more work from other people after they see your work and credibility. Mm. So that also really helps when you participate in awards like that. So after um, college, I actually got into like campus placement uh, into Accenture. Mm-hmm. Uh, for again a role that I was not prepared for at all. Because what was the role? It was UI UX. Okay. Um, so over four years in communication design, we were taught about these different modules in like two three months, like short periods of time. UI UX was part of it. Um, I did not want to take it ahead. So in my fourth year, instead of majoring in UI UX, I majored in graphics. So we mm. had to choose between the two in our fourth year. So I did not do UI UX. I only did graphics. Okay. And after college, during our placements, I got placed in Accenture because at that point it was the highest paying job that I'd come to college. So I was like, it's okay, I just want to move to Bangalore, so I'll just do whatever job is okay. Mm-hmm. So I got into UI UX because they like my portfolio and stuff. And I actually learned UI UX on the job at Accenture, which okay. was again like a revelation because in corporates, it's like there's so many people doing so little, little work everywhere that you actually get enough time to learn things on the job right. on the project, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like I learned UI UX on the job, but I got very, very bored in like one and a half year. Because okay. it was like making dashboards and all and uh, just giving a facelift to existing procedures. So I just thought okay, this is not the best use of my creative mind. There's like so many things I want to do. It got to a point that my freelance work was way more interesting than the work I was doing at Accenture. Mm. So, yeah, like... Uh, in the middle of it, even like pandemic happened. 
So I was doing like really interesting projects on the side. I got a collaboration with Adobe, um, wow. uh, Halloween illustration. Um, I keep doing this 36 days of type project every year. So mm. that also happened to a level that you know taught me a lot of international projects as well. So all of this in the last two years has been really good. I mean, pandemic for me was not the worst thing because <laughs> it helped me grow my career more. So um, yeah, like after I got done with Accenture, I said I cannot do this anymore. I don't want this, you know, money where I'm just getting paid for doing nothing. Like I mm. feel like I'm wasting my time now. So I left the job and yeah, then ultraviolet happened. Yeah. So okay, now that we have connected the dots, tell me something that how ultraviolet happened because you were never into automobile industry, right? Like no. you were not at all interested in automobiles. Zero. Zero. <laughs> So, how did you land, you know, in automobile industry and that to ultraviolet? Yeah, so, um, ultraviolet reached out to me, actually. And at that point, I was just so done with Accenture. I was like, okay, I need a switch. And the first company that's come to me is an automotive company and not just automotive, EV. So, I was like kind of looking at the EV industry in general because uh, there was um, Aether that was already existing at that point. And Correct. Like my boyfriend was about to buy an Aether anyway. So I had just like some idea about it. And when Ultraviolet approached me, I thought, Ki, okay, let's just do an interview because uh, I haven't done an interview in a while. Let's just practice and I'll see. Like I'll apply it to different places uh, after this, right? So I just agreed to the interview. And uh, to my surprise, I came to office and Narayan was there. Narayan the CEO of Ultraviolet. Narayan Subramanian, yeah. Yes. Uh, so he had... Uh, he was there and I had the interview with him. He had given me a quick assignment to do as well. But the conversation that I had with him, I think it lasted around like three, three and a half hours, which was insane <laughs> because we were talking about like so many different things, not just like my work. And that conversation was so interesting and intriguing. I thought hey, if the CEO of a company can talk to like um, someone he's hiring like this, I'm pretty sure the company's culture must be very, very in line with how I want to be as a designer because right. like stuff that he was talking about, you know, everything is made in-house, everyone's just pushing their limits to get things done and everyone's passion is like really in the right place. So I thought like me as a designer, I've always believed in like, you know, being multidisciplinary. I don't want to stick to just one thing. I want to keep exploring and I want to push the limits in each of those things that I do. Mm-hmm. So, like, that conversation with Narayan is actually what sold me <laughs> to join Ultraviolet. <laughs> Even though I had, like, zero interest, zero knowledge about anything in uh, automotive, uh, I had never driven. I had a license, but I had never driven. I did not, uh, you know, ride a bike or a scooter, nothing. So, <laughs> it was, like, taking me out of something I'm comfortable with and a totally uncomfortable with different spot. Mm-hmm. But I think that was beautiful for me because whatever I do at Ultraviolet right now, is exactly how I imagine a job to be like is I don't want to be stuck to one thing. I get to explore like a lot of different things and Narayan's given like a lot of open-ended responsibility. You know, you want to do this, just take it ahead, make sure it's done to its best capacity. So Correct. that's really nice. Wow. wow, awesome. So do you ride a bike now? <laughs> have you I ridden F77? <laughs> I have. I have tried it. You have? Okay. Yes, okay. Yes. Uh, so you are one of those privileged people, right? I mean, I work on it. I have to. <laughs> so, yeah, I have tried it. And that was the first time I ever rode a motorcycle. I do drive wow. the Aether now. But yeah, motorcycle first is F77. Wow, awesome, awesome. So, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, I know Narayan personally. And I had 
I have had conversations with him about the studio culture. And as I was telling you before, I know many of your colleagues, Akash, Akshay, Akshay. Uh, So yeah. I hope it's going to be a like positive surprise. It should be a shock. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah. So, awesome story for Ultraviolet. Definitely, uh, it's something, you know, when something is supposed to happen, it happens anyhow. Yeah. So, I think... And again, just... like, you know, like I told you about my graduation project also, I just wanted to combine all of my different skill sets and put it to use to make one, like, you know, more cohesive thing. So mm-hmm. the same thing is happening with me and Ultraviolet as well because I don't have a specific role in just like one cohort of design. Okay. I do, uh, I had the UI, UX and the brand and I, you know, I'm able to like just combine these things to just make something that I think this is the best possible outcome of combining different things. It's like cooking, right? You just put different ingredients together to make something final mm-hmm. like that. So I think I've always seen design like that and I'm so happy that I get to practice design the way I always wanted to. Wow, awesome, awesome. Now let me address a little different topic, (laughs) which is about Metaverse, Web 3.0 or NFTs. You know, uh, during this pandemic, uh, NFT market, NFT is basically for those who don't know, uh, NFT is non-fungible token. It's a booming industry past couple of years that has got a lot of traction uh, and it has helped so many artists around the world. You know, they get finally uh, paid the value or they got recognition through this, you know, amazing world of NFTs. And uh, I was discussing this with Anushka before. So she has also minted few NFTs. She has been doing illustrations and for that she got featured in magazines like Vogue and Grazia. So, uh, because this is a fairly new topic, and I presume that many of the audience who are watching this, unko shayad pata nahi hoga ki kya hota hai NFT aur usme kya hota hai. So, can you just give uh, a very quick introduction to what is all this and hmm. what have you done till now? Okay, so if I get into explaining blockchain right now, I think that will be a separate discussion in itself. For sure, so but there is. There's enough material on YouTube. So, so I would say that knowing blockchain is what you need to know. Other okay. than that, for NFTs, the way I would put it together is something I also took a lot of time to understand. Like when NFTs were like all of the rage, I did not jump onto the wagon right away. I took at least a year to finally make my first NFT. And um, I was very skeptical about it as well because I did not understand it. And I think that's what the entire world is also facing right now because not everyone understands it. So there is a lot of like negativity also around it. What I did not understand first is what everyone had the same doubt about. He it's just a JPEG. Like okay. you just take a screenshot and sell it. Exactly. No, what's the world about it? Yeah. So from what I understood is that the artworks that have been there in museums all this while, or like big painters who sell their original paintings, mm-hmm. there is something tangible to sell it with, right? It's a canvas that you sell. With exactly. digital art, so with the boom of digital art, it was difficult to sell anything because you could essentially do that screenshot and JPEG and just sell it like that, right? Right. So what NFTs did is a revolution for digital art as well as uh, traditional art, obviously. But it puts the artwork on the blockchain, which gives you a stamp that this is the original artwork. Mm. So when you buy it, you get the rights for that artwork, right? It's like buying an original Mona Lisa versus buying copies of it. Only the person who's bought the original Mona Lisa has the pride to show it off. Oh, this is the original one. So Correct. similar with digital art, I can make an illustration right now. 
I can make 10 copies of it also. But the person who owns the original one knows that this is the value of an original artwork. So, he has that, uh, what do you say, uh, purchasing yes, right and yes, putting it yes, everywhere. This is the original one, right? Okay. So that's the simplest way to put an NFT. Awesome. And the valuation of each NFT is still very, you know, up and down based on who is making it, based on, you know, if there are organizations making it or uh, there's like multiple different factors to it. So hmm. it's not like every NFT is like super expensive. There are very, you know, affordable ones as well. But it becomes an asset because, um, you know, you just own an original artwork by someone. It becomes an asset. The only... Uh, you know, moving variable over here is that the market with crypto itself is a little volatile. Right. So the value of each asset can go high and like really low very quickly hmm. till it's stabilized because people are still getting used to it. It's not mainstream yet. Yeah. But the minute it does get mainstream, I think it is definitely something which is going to be the future. Hmm. There are either the really popular already existing artists who are coming up with NFTs and it's already valued really high. Versus right. people who are just starting out, but they show major potential and people really want to bet on their potential. I mm. think like that, the NFT community in itself is very supportive of each other because mm. they want the best for each artist. It's not a competition game who is doing better. If you're making money out of it, great. I will also do it at some point, but I will not stop um, you know, producing more work. It's all in its uh, nascent stage. It's, it's quite yeah. early for everything. So definitely that volatility will be there. I also believe a lot in that blockchain technology and when it comes to NFT market, definitely there is a lot of negativity all around. Uh, but I keep studying about it. I haven't minted an NFT, but I see some use case in future scenario, like when this becomes a mainstream thing. Mm. Uh, so maybe big, big platforms like Google and everywhere, you know, they will also have blockchain technology supporting it. And maybe oh, yeah. the regular images also, they'll be in, in the format of NFTs. So yeah. many things are going to happen and I feel whether to buy it, invest it or not, but I think you should keep a track of this industry. Definitely, it is. definitely. Because there are like, there's one part where you are buying someone's artwork as an asset, the way you would buy regular painting, right? Like there is no yeah. use case for it, except that, you know, this has some value. Correct. Yeah. So that is one aspect. Then there are some organizations and brands that are coming onto the on board that are kind of also giving perks with an NFT. So I think someone just did a concert where only like a certain uh, number of people could attend it. Like say the Bored Ape NFTs, people who hold a, a Bored Ape NFT are the only ones who can attend this concert. So also right. like a lot of exclusivity for brands are also coming on to the uh, yeah, yeah. So as you said, there are many artists who are like performing in virtual world in metaverse using yeah. Fortnite platform. So yeah. I think Ariana Grande started it, I guess, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, yeah, I was Ariana, yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so so many things are happening. So uh, keep that negativity aside. I think what I would like to conclude this part with is that keep a track of this. Keep yes, learning exactly. this blockchain technology because whatever happens to this, blockchain is not going anywhere. anywhere. I think it has, a, it has a very strong use case and it's going to stay here. Uh, whether it's going to be in this format or not, that's another discussion. But yes. at least keep a track of it. Now tell me, Anushka, uh, uh, because these projects got featured in some of the you know reputed magazines like Vogue. Uh, how did that happen? What was that artwork? So Vogue actually was a very, very big surprise for me also. So Grazia happened right before that. Grazia was more like an artist feature. Um, a writer reached out to me and said they wanted to feature me as an artist in their issue so i was like okay and then like right after that some two weeks later vogue also reached out 
and they actually were collaborating with me on a project for Vogue China. So I that's something I'm going to go live very soon. It's a metaverse okay. project. And wow. uh, after that goes live, I'm also doing a collaboration with Vogue Global to do a one-of-one one NFT project. So wow. some ten variations of an artwork are going to be sold, out of which like some percentage I'll keep, some percentage Vogue will keep, and some of it is going to go for UNESCO's Save the Wave campaign. So again, that's a useful side, like because it becomes like a charity thing as well. You are going and putting it towards a good cause. So that's gonna come up. But the Vogue India feature, just um, like someone from Vogue India reached out that they wanted to just put my artwork in the NFT section of their um, September issue. So yeah, that was just like an artwork featured in the magazine. But what's coming up ahead is a literal collaboration with Vogue for wow. September. That's like a huge thing for an artist. Uh, tell me, how do you balance these two things? Balancing the two, I think I like I mentioned earlier because I've always wanted to do something that you know just takes all of my interests and puts them together into a good culmination. I think fashion also was something that growing up I had a lot of interest in. Um, mm-hmm. My mom always had these Vogue magazines lying around and so you know me getting featured in Vogue also was such an emotional moment for me because it's like I've done this all my childhood and now my work is in Vogue so I was like super super emotional yeah. but even apart from that I think uh, graphic design was one then UI UX was one and my illustrations and branding is one. I also got into apparel now like I had uh, my own collection of t-shirts that I designed with Warping Theories. Uh, it's a wow. streetwear brand. So that was again like me venturing out into another form of design because I feel like foundation of design is the same for everything. Mm-hmm. So Massimo Vignelli's uh, quote, if you can design one thing, you can design everything is something that I really, really like believe in because I think that's what design schools also help with. Right? They, mm-hmm. They're not telling you exactly what to do. They're setting the foundation for your design very well. So that if you understand that, you can put that creative mind to like any medium. Tomorrow I can also start making furniture. Tomorrow I can start actually contributing to my vehicle design team and ultraviolet also. Because I know the foundation. Maybe I don't know the specific skills required for a certain cohort. But that can be learned over time as well. It's not like just because you did not do this in your foundation years means that you can never do it. That quote which you mentioned is really powerful, I would say. And... uh, you know whatever you do whichever the business it might be like you said t-shirt design uh, it's basically just expanding your art avenue to a different product right yes nothing more than that because as a designer you build this uh, sense of aesthetics which can marry the functionality yeah and if you understand that if your skill set is doing that in the most efficient way then you can apply it to any product and that's when even i get uh, little agitated when uh, people call or people tie themselves only with one product there's nothing wrong with it but uh, you know sometimes it becomes necessary to you know just get attached to one product like for example uh, i don't want to disrespect anyone but let's say a person from uh, automobile industry so i have seen few people who are just uh, curious about only one product which is car and then uh, they'll only develop their niche. Maybe that's working for them. But in my opinion, in today's time, modern times, design is getting design is branching out into so many things yeah. uh, that you need to be aware of everything. And that's why even if I'm not interested in NFTs or minting NFTs and all that, but I would like to keep a track of it. I would like of to course. know 
where that industry is going i would like to know t-shirt industry also i would like to know the apparent industry also you know and it's up to me you merge both of them like for example like if my passion is motorcycles and scooters let's say and i also love apparel design i can just combine them too i can create some nice illustrations of motorcycle of print them there are so many companies which are doing that and of there course. is that's going to create yeah i want to addition to that since you mentioned that you know automotive designers mainly just stick to like one product that they really like and they just make a niche for themselves which is great but i think even with making that niche i think automotive designers are one of the most skilled artists right. the way like the command over the hands that they have right with all the line work and shading and the yes. whole visualization in 3d everything i would say automotive designers are actually capable of doing any sort of design over there but they just stick to one thing so i think if they just venture out a little bit outside of cars and bikes and like you know start making some illustrations for like a little different area of topics as well mm-hmm. they could become illustrators on the side where they can do so many more things and also that will also help them build their automotive skills even more because i really believe that when you do one thing of course you are building a skill in that but when you do something else and then come back to the one thing you are good at it elevates it even more because you kind of break out of what you are comfortable with you True. go into your uncomfortable zone learn something new and then you can apply it back to what is your uh, you know strength so like yeah thanks for putting that out there <laughs> yeah no thanks for articulating it uh, and uh, it's completely valid point i think we should address this in today's time uh, and uh, awesome so we are you know addressing so many things and uh, i think there is so much value which we are you know putting out there because mm-hmm. through this conversation we are also addressing many points and we are putting out our opinions if there are, if other audience like who is listening to this uh, they have different opinion please feel free to you know let us know it's just two people's opinion so you yeah. can also put your opinion and we can have this discussion going on yeah that's one more thing like i feel like opinions right now are taken so seriously it's yeah. ridiculous because it's just my opinion it's just your opinion if you right. agree with it great if you disagree with it just mention that okay you disagree and you have another opinion that's right. your opinion right nobody needs to get offended opinion. and all yeah, right? there is there's no fact in opinions <laughs> let's come to the final part of this podcast uh, that uh, now that you have you know conquered so many things you have won so many awards now you're going to get collaboration with vogue and all that how do you see your future like uh, what do you want to become after like 5 10 years this is this is sounding like a very typical interview question no but <laughs> but what what I is your thought about it <laughs> oh okay awesome awesome yeah. that's great <laughs> so obviously that thought also is like a few years in the making right now it might change by the time i get to that point but i always wanted to have like a studio sort of environment where i don't do just one thing where i can do uh, you know photography also i can do design also i can do some fashion stuff also i can do cooking also so that's wow. like the dream to have something of my own but even before that i think what because i love food so much like you already know some of my so before ultraviolet most of my projects used to be just food for some reason like i would just be drawn towards something related to food and do a project in that so i i genuinely like food and i think during the pandemic i started cooking very regularly than i used to before that and wow. while cooking i just realized that this is so therapeutic to me i really want to take up food even like apart from my designs so i think in a few years when i definitely will reach a saturation point with design 
I think I want to take up a course and you know become a chef for some time and <laughs> apply design foundations into food. You know, and wow. like incorporate it in some or the other way. I don't know. It's just something that's on my mind. Whether I do it or no is a separate thing. But definitely want to combine food and design in an interesting manner. Now that you have put it out there on social media <laughs> on YouTube, this is gonna get manifested for sure. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, awesome. So uh, tell me, Arushka, how do you keep yourself motivated? Because you know you have so many things going on, and you are pretty young actually. You are what? Twenty-five. Twenty-five. I don't. I don't think there is any science or this thing behind it. I just love creating anything. Awesome. Like I just love doing something or the other. I think sitting idle is something. I should do sometimes, uh, but I struggle to do it because something or the other I'll take up and I'll make it. Um, but just the love for creating has become so strong after I realize that I'm good at something that it just keeps me going. That okay, this one is done now. Let's go on to the next thing. Let's go on to the next thing. It's never enough. Well, and uh, because you said you love food and you are into fitness, you know. Uh, so tell me something. How do you uh, feel that fitness and making right choices for food and everything how does it help to you know stay creative and focused in your daily life i think with fitness there is one thing that um, is the most important when it comes to fitness and it's discipline hmm. it's discipline and consistency and both of those things have actually helped me a lot in my creative and professional journey because like i said as a child i was a sports person so I had to be a certain way. I had to wake up at a certain time, go practice at a certain time, mm. prepare for competition at a certain time, and eat a certain kind of diet. And you know, there's wow. like a lot of things that come into place when you are into sports. Mm. And that kind of discipline and consistency of doing it every single day is what also helped me with my creative journey. Because when I started uh, drawing and I started posting it on Instagram and all. i would just make something and post it regularly just to make sure that okay i'm doing something and i'm you know getting better because obviously that whole thing at practice makes you better not perfect is very true because the more you practice something you'll keep getting better at it and mm-hmm. you'll only practice more if you're disciplined and consistent about getting better at something right so i think that way fitness and food food also because um, i watch a lot of chefs table master chef and everything right so okay. the way food lovers and food critique and chefs describe food is unparalleled because i when we eat food like regular people eat food you just go like wow that was yum you know or <laughs> that was really bad Good. but when food lovers and critiques they describe food there's like you can just write paragraphs and stories about the way they describe each feeling every like feel of what they've eaten the, the textures the flavors mm. everything right so watching all these food shows really helped me articulate my ideas really well wow. uh, okay. even when i'm selling some um, ideas to a client when i'm explaining something i'm able to take a two word description into a two paragraph description just mm-hmm. by extending the feeling of what those two words are so wow. i think food and fitness in that way have really really helped my creative journey and I'm only answering this right now because it's the first time someone has asked me this. <laughs> but I can't believe this was already in my mind, but I've never already said it to someone. You know? Wow! So, thank you for asking me, Dalal. I'm going to use it every day now. <laughs> I'll take the credit for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, awesome, Anushka. I think what you said uh, makes lot of sense because you know 
uh, you must have seen all these automobile designers because now you have access to them uh, when we see a motorcycle or car we go you know gaga over small small yes. details here and there right <laughs> yeah we are like crazy daily cases daily cases <laughs> and i'm just yeah. like i don't know what you all just said <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have that bad trait my wife is a victim of it so <laughs> yeah so uh, but yeah definitely it can be related very well with uh, how food critics are describing the food and i think uh, be it any product uh, if you are like really passionate about it you will go into each and every detail and then you will find out a story for that yeah. now that brings me to one of the final questions <laughs> that uh, because you have done freelancing and uh, now many designers out there they are <clears throat> choosing freelancer as their you know side gig uh, or main gig i don't know so what would be your suggestion to them like uh, let's say if somebody has just started doing freelancing and if say, if say uh, he's struggle he or she is struggling a lot to get clients or good projects or something like that what what would be your advice for them I actually don't know because I don't think I have the guts to go completely freelance at least for a few more years. Uh, so the people who do freelancing as their main gig, big kudos to them because they are brave. Right. Um, and mainly because there is no fixed income, right, with freelance. Some days yeah, yeah. it might be like brilliant. Some days it might not. So right. for me, on a personal level, I don't like that kind of ambiguity when it comes to my income. so mm-hmm. i have a very very uh, intriguing and very satisfying day job because i'm lucky to be working at a place like ultraviolet where design comes first right so i have that the reason i do freelance now is only to build my skills constantly so right, right now for me it's not just about like the extra money that's coming in from freelance but because taking up freelance work helps me better my skills at multiple different things which i can then also use in my day job and contribute even better to what i'm building towards right uh, mm-hmm. for most of my day so freelance when i started it was for like extra pocket money and when I, also when i was in accenture it was more for oh i'm getting bored in accenture and i want more money to come out of it so mm-hmm. i was doing freelance but i've reached a stage in freelance right now where i'm doing it purely because i really enjoy what i do and doing the same thing over and over again in your day job might just kind of like you said no automotive people just do one thing and they make that a niche mm-hmm. i never want to stick to a niche so i have something i'm practicing every day in my day job for ui ux for brand but i cannot just get sucked into that for the rest of my life i want to explore more things so that the learnings from those projects can also add to my everyday job wow awesome that brings me to the final question so now that whatever you have experienced till now uh, do you have any words of wisdom or suggestions or advice to you know all upcoming designers or people who are already there who starting their design journey any suggestion oh man i just give so much gyan all the time no it's good no <laughs> this podcast is all about giving gyan only so it's okay <laughs> no so again like i just think people who get to um, bookish about design i think people should stop doing that because mm-hmm. design is in its most stripped out form something to solve for something and you cannot find a solution in a book this is not science this is not math ki there is a right answer for everything right. everything in design and art is very subjective mm-hmm. what worked 100% for one person will work 0% for another person and mm-hmm. if you stick to rules you will definitely not be able to make something that 
is yours you know mm. so i think this specifically comes towards ui ux designers um some people are really open that way that they use ui ux laws as like foundations to work on but then i also personally know people who take them so seriously that you know they won't explore anything beyond the law and it makes no sense because human psychology is not set in stone it's constantly evolving and mm. all these ux laws are based on human psychology so you have to keep evolving you have to keep trying out new things and not like stick to bookish rules because if you stick to that you're really not going to like make anything out of this world and definitely not something that's going to add to existing things you know if you as a designer one one should definitely think of you know what am i adding to the world that's going to stick through for a while and like maybe someone will remember me for it Mm-hmm. I think that should be a motto for every designer, for sure, because we have the power to do that. We have the power to like just change people's behaviors, change yeah. people's mindsets, and doing this at large is a huge, huge like responsibility and power to do. So, yeah. Wow, that that's kind of, that is kind of setting the tone for this podcast. It is so cool. It is so well articulated, and it's making so much sense. And uh, just to summarize that point, I think what you were saying is that. Uh, maybe 1 plus 2 is equal to 3 according to to that book but find a way to you know reach out to that final 3 in multiple ways and that's going to create that extra edge for you as a designer yeah. so it might be 5 minus 2 is equal to 3 yeah. but okay. find out those ways so maybe you go by the book you learn what is 1 plus 2 is equal to 3 and then you find out a way to do it you know put your own creativity and yeah. create that edge for yourself and uh, there couldn't have been a better way to finish this podcast that is such a important message for designers so they can treat it as a takeaway from this podcast uh, anushka thank you so much for coming here and joining for this podcast taking out a time on a sunday <laughs> for just oh, audience I'm like <laughs> i am very happy and i am very happy that i got a chance to interact uh, with a person from a very different industry keep enlightening everyone keep uh, be active on your social media uh, keep sharing your work all the best for your collaborations and many many exciting projects which are going to come ahead of you so uh, thank you so much thank you so much for having me this was amazing i love this <laughs> i hope it didn't get too boring for you no i love it. doing this design gap thing is my favorite thing to do <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm super glad that we could do this